The Holy Gospel today is from St. Matthew, the ninth and 10th chapters. And Jesus went throughout all of the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, he said, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And he called to him his twelve disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal every disease and every affliction. The names of the twelve apostles are these. First, Simon, who is called Peter. Andrew, his brother, James, the son of Zebedee, and brother John, his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon, the zealot, Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out, instructing them, Go nowhere among the Gentiles, and enter no town of the Samaritans, But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel and proclaim as you go, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You received without pain, give without pay. Acquire no gold or silver or copper for your belts, no bag for your journey, or two tunics or sandals or a staff. For the laborer deserves his food. In whatever town or village you enter, find out who is worthy in it, and stay there until you depart. As you enter the house, greet it. And if the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. If it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. And if anyone will not receive you or listen to your words, shake off the dust from your feet when you leave that house or town. Truly I say to you, it will be more bearable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah than for that town. Behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Beware of men, for they will devour you or deliver you over to courts and flog you in their synagogues. And you will be dragged before governors and kings for my sake, to bear witness before them and the Gentiles. When they deliver you over, do not be anxious how you are to speak or what you are to say, for what you are to say will be given to you in that hour. For it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. This is the Gospel of our Lord. So, Mr. Music, before services and sometimes after services, he asks, well, Pastor Jeff, what was the title for, for a message today? And um, having done this with the early church and now again with you guys, just the idea of shine. And as you think about that one word, shine, if we're going to give that as the title for, for today's interaction in sermon time, shine, how does it show up in the Old Testament? 
and what happened in the Old Testament, but then also how's it going to show up in the New Testament, what happens in the New Testament. So we're going to remember these things. In today's Bible lesson from the Old Testament, these are the words. And the context is this, before I say the words, that um, in the Old Testament, the people had been slaves. Um, they brought into land, one, because it was the only place they could find food back in the day. By the time they stayed there, they gathered there, they multiplied there. God raised them up in numbers. And then they found hardship. Leadership in the country has changed. They could go from being blessed under Joseph to, to being now oppressed by other pharaohs. And they were oppressed, and they had hardship. They were like slaves. They were just slowly servants. They had very little respect and very, very hard lives. That's the context of them. And then they got set free. God sends Moses, his ambassador, and he, he speaks before Pharaoh. He does the, in, 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 after plagues, they're set free. And he's walked with them now through the slavery, into freedom, across the seas, and into a wilderness place. And that's the context for what we read in the Old Testament lesson. And now we pick up with these words. The children of Jacob and Israel set out from Rephidim, and they came into the wilderness of Sinai. They encamped in the wilderness, and there Israel encamped before the mountain while Moses went up to God. The Lord called to him out of the mountain. The Lord said, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob and tell the people of Israel, You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians. You have seen how I bore you on eagles' wings, and I brought you to myself. Now, therefore... If you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples. For all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. So Moses came. And he called the elders of the people, and he set before them all these words that the Lord had commanded. And all the people answered, together they said, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do. So God's created people. He set them free. He's provided for them. He's brought them to the base of the mountain. There on the mountain he is. There Moses goes up. Moses comes down. He's sharing these things. And the people will say, we're going to do it. And then what happens next? <coughs> what happens next? Do you guys remember what happens next? Tell me some of the things that happen next. Were the people doing, making good decisions? Oh, not so much. On one of the times he's coming down from the mountain, there's a golden calf. This is one of the... There's times in parenting that we all go through this. We have, we have done everything we possibly could for our children. We have laid it all out. We have worked ourselves to ex- places of exhaustion. We have set before them right. We have set before them wrong. We've given everything they have. And we send them to school. We teach them to read. And they eat the book. There's an old phrase. I don't know if that came up here, but that was right. Send them to school, teach them to read, and they eat the books. So God does all this for his people. He sets them free. He's at the mountain. He comes down. And one of these times he's going to come down and there's going to be a calf. They melt all their jewelry and they make this great big golden calf and they're going to start worshiping creation rather than the God who created. He set them free. He set them free. He saved them from armies. He has worked miracles in their lives that few people in the history of the world has ever seen. They have seen it with their own eyes, tasted it with their own mouths, and they, within a very short period of time, forget all of that, and they start worshiping creation and not the Creator. 
What a bunch of knuckleheads. I can't believe how stupid these folks are. And I say that, I mean, there's just lack of intelligence. Can you not remember? It just happened. I mean, maybe within just a month or so. It wasn't like it happened 100 years ago. It had just happened. So all that's going on. Um, if that's in the Old Testament, God's done all this, and those are their behaviors, what's the difference then between the Old Testament... You still have God, you still have people, you still have an ambassador, you still have a command. So what's the difference between the old and the new? Now let's think about that question. We have the Old Testament command, and the people said we're going to do it, and they didn't. What's different on the new? In order to get there, we're going to remember some of the words on the New Testament today. So here's the New Testament words. Chapter 9, verses 35. Jesus went throughout all the cities and the villages. He was teaching in their synagogues. He was proclaiming the good news. He was healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, this is a beautiful piece, whatever, he had compassion. He had compassion. He just didn't see us as a bunch of beggars with their hands out with a whole little cardboard sign saying, I need work or give me some food. He'd like stop, pause, talk, listen, and love on them. His heart went out to them. He had compassion. I love that part of this lesson. Because they were harassed, harassed by guilt and shame and sin in the world, and they were helpless. They couldn't do it themselves. They were sheep without a shepherd. So he tells the disciples, he says, the harvest is plentiful, the labors are few, therefore pray earnestly. That's powerful. Pray to God, but earnestly, like it matters. Like you're on your knees begging, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest that he will send out laborers. The next thing he says, Behold, I am sending you. You are sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise and innocent. And when they deliver you, like it's going to happen. I'm sending you and you're going to be delivered into the hands of these hurtful people. But don't worry about what, don't be anxious. Don't worry. Don't be anxious about what you're to speak or what you're to say. What you will say will be given to you in that hour. It is not you who speak. The Spirit of your Father is speaking through you. And there's the, there's the little clue. What's the difference between the Old Testament people? You have 12 tribes. You have Israel and the 12 tribes gathered. They've been set free. They've seen the mighty acts of God. And now they betray their God and worship a calf. In the New Testament, the people are in desperate need. God sends his son. He frees them. He redeems them from sin, death, and the devil. All the things that were bigger than just the wilderness stuff. He finds 12 ambassadors, echoes of the 12 tribes. They don't go to Samaria and Gentiles first. They go to the people of Israel first because the people of Israel were to be that nation, his treasured possession, and from that people to the ends of the earth. So it's following all these echoes of the Old Testament, is it not? So now you've got him, and he says, go. And what's the difference? What's, the, what's one piece in there that was significant but subtle between the Old Testament then message, what we've heard in the New Testament? What is that little phrase? You remember what it was? What's the difference? Spirit. The Spirit of the Father. That's the one piece that's different. You have people in need in both. You have slavery in both. You have conditions of hardship in both. You have a prophet of God. You have in the new one, you have the Son of God. That's trumping Moses. I get that. But you have, yeah, all this is the same. The one piece that is unlike each other is the Spirit of the Father. The Spirit of the Father is speaking through you. 
So in the Old Testament context and New Testament, this is spirit. And the catch is, is, is only if they have the spirit will they shine. And that's where we got to the children's part, those little stars. The disciples couldn't shine the spirit of the Father unless they had it. They can't. That star put in a dark room for 24 hours, and you go in there in the dark room and you won't see it. Put the star next to a light for about two minutes, turn off the lights, and it will glow for a couple hours. They had to have received the light before they could give it. And that is the difference. And that's pretty much the point of this thing. And the other part of the point is, is that we're all followers and we're all called to be sent. Yes, the twelve were sent to do some things. In the end, the twelve were multiplied by thousands and they were all sent. Go. The command is for us all. And on the timeline of we're in the church here, it kind of all fits together. So in Advent, we're waiting for the Lord to come. Christmas, remember that the Messiah is born to us. After the 12 days, we start Epiphany, and He's revealed in His baptism as Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Magi find Him. The Gentiles find Him. It's the Epiphany time. You go for those weeks, having been revealed God, then we go for a preparation towards the cross. So we have Lent. Then on Easter, we prepare and we receive our Lord as a risen Lord. Fifty days later, we've received in our church here. We do this every year. Fifty days later, the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost. The Holy Spirit's there now. Last week, the first Sunday after that Pentecost day, we had the Great Commission. Jesus commands us, His church, go and make disciples. All nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Teaching them to obey. Echoes of the Old Testament. Obey. Obey the Father. And remember, I'm with you to the end of the age. I'm your light, I'm your source, I'm your energy. And the obedience part of it, it's not a have to. You know, this is a little sidetrack on that. And the Old Testament was with love. I love, people, I love my sons enough to say, don't cross the road when cars are coming. And I've loved them enough that I've chased them down and grabbed them by the arm and pulled them back forcefully. And if they wouldn't listen to that, I would have spanked their butt and said, you will not go in the street. I'd rather spank their butt than have them get run over by a car. That's what we do. We love them enough to tell them the truth. If you don't love someone, don't tell them the truth. Let them just go on in the ways that are destructive. But you obey the Father because it's with love. It was about life and freedom. That's all that Jesus taught. And now that we've received that, with love we tell the world, here's the way. It is a narrow way and it's blessed, it's beautiful. Catch is, is we can't share that and we can't model it you know, there's a lot of people that tell us what to do and how we ought to do it, but they don't do it themselves. It's one reason why I didn't like churches. I saw a lot of people that talked really good on Sundays, and I saw what they did on Saturday nights. I saw what they did at the football games on Fridays, how they swore at the umpires, how they were calling out how pretty and sexy other people were and how they are going to be partying and doing stupid things. I didn't want anything to do with that. So how is it you can live a holy life so the world can see your ways of living as well as your ways of teaching? You can't do that unless you're close to the light. Going back to the children's message. You have to receive it first. That's why we worship every Sunday. Sunday worship is not a have to. For me, it's a beg to. It's like I've been crossing the wilderness all week long and I haven't had water or food and this is my chance to fill up. I'm like a camel. Fill this thing up. Not a have to. It's, not a, it's, it's about a want to. As soon as you turn it into a have to, you're participating in the devil's lies. Reading God's word, 
It's not a have to. I don't have to understand it. As I'm a pastor, I've gone to seminary, I've studied those things. I've been, I'm only 20 years into this. Many of you have been studying God's words longer than I ever have. I get that. You don't have to understand the words. I don't have to understand everything my mother told me in this world. But I did listen. I did go to her and I did hear her voice. I go to his word and I read it. I'm going to trust that in that process, there's going to be something good that's happening. That I will hear his word. Something will come, even though I don't always get it. And I'll pray. Jesus said to pray. We pray. He even taught us to pray. Sometimes it's just being quiet. Just zipping my mouth shut and listening. Prayer. We receive God in these things. We come on Sundays. We hear His Word. We receive His sacrament. God, is Holy Spirit is coming into us as we hear and as we receive the sacrament. It's in here. The body and blood is in here. The covenant of life is in here. We're powering up. We're getting all lit up, so to speak. We could fade in a couple hours, but we do it every day. It's just not once on Sunday. We pray every day. We read His Word every day. We put God's songs in our heads every day. We surround ourselves with God conversations every day. So that every day we're lit up so we can have lives of holiness and we can have words of holiness. That's who we are as a church. It's a simple thing what we do. We remember, we commune, we get lit up, and then we shine. Every Sunday we remember. Every week we do our best to live it. And I would say to us, using the children's message, that star, be a star. Be that. Shine in this world. I I compel you. Shine. Receive your Lord first, and then shine. God help us be that church. Amen.